All right, everybody, welcome back to our latest edition of the Coach's Quarter Podcast, which is part of the In the Flat family of podcasts. Um, I'm your host again, Tony Kill, joined again by um, our, our favorite coach, Jeff Kamarmi. So this week, uh, our matchup will be reviewing North Carolina State at Clemson. This is uh, the game of the week. Game day will be there. Um, North Carolina State is coming in, you know, uh, undefeated, starting off with some shaky, a little bit against East Carolina, but then since have come away with three consecutive easy home victories. Uh, but obviously, this will be in Death Valley. Um, Clemson, on the other hand, um, which had a down year last year, at least by their standards, especially in offense, are actually playing better. Um, and DJU is helping to put up 43.8 points per game, uh, which is good enough for 13th in the country. Clemson is also coming off an emotional 51 to 45 overtime win against a tough Wake Forest team. Uh, really, the Tigers have dominated the series all time. They've won, you know. 59 compared to 29 for North Carolina State. However, if you compare it to last year, North Carolina State did win last year in 27-21 at overtime at home. Um, and that was the last time the Wolfpack actually won a Death Valley, which is what it's to be, was in 2002. So it's been 20 years since North Carolina State has won in Death Valley. So it's been a while. Uh, so let's dive into this. Let's see if um, North Carolina State has a chance. Um, you know, if, is Clemson for real on their offense? Let's talk a little bit about it. So Let's dive right into that first, Clemson offense. So, obviously, Clemson's offensive coordinator took over as the head coach of Virginia. Um, how have you seen them change, and how have they improved this year? Obviously, last year was this, a struggle every single game in offense. This year it seems to be the offense comes together a little better for them. They're scoring more points. Um, quarterback's looking better. So, what, what, what are you seeing as far as improvements this year, Jeff? Sure. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I mean, you look at their offensive coordinator, it's Brandon Streeter. So he's been in-house with Dabo Sweeney. He's been through this system. Um, but Dabo Sweeney is the play caller. Uh, and you'll see him on the sideline. He's got that big IHOP menu. You know, looks like he's sitting down at IHOP, read, read the front, read <laughs> the back, looking for something for breakfast. I mean, it's a big menu. There's a lot going on there. But um, Dabo Dabo's the one making those calls uh, when you see it there. However, they want to list that and say who's doing it, it's him. Um, but the you know, good thing for Clemson players, it's the same terminology. It's the same system. OK, so keeping that in place from the offseason, the spring, it's an easy transition for the players, especially your quarterback and DJ to build off of. Um, but it's just a different play caller. OK, so the biggest difference you'll see in this offense when Tony Elliott was there uh, to this year with Dabo is the pace. OK, the pace that they play at. So when you saw Tony Elliott under these Clemson offenses and Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Etienne and those guys like they were way more up-tempo. So they were playing with pace and trying to get plays off fast and conditioning people and, and kind of go that route. Well, you'll see Dabo, they're more of a check with me, I call it, offense, okay? So when you're no huddle and you check with me, you want to get to the line of scrimmage. You want to line up early so you can see what the defense is lining in. It's not about trying to run the fastest play. Uh, it's about getting that no huddle early and then trying to see what the defense is in. So, because you can snap the ball anytime, okay? So like when you're in a huddle offense, and you can't see what the defense is lined up until you actually break the huddle and then get lined up and then see the defense. It's a series of events. So uh, when you see this check with me, um, they can see the defensive alignment. You'll see Dabo check with DJ. They'll look at the defense in the box or the secondary and they'll say, OK, we like the numbers in the box or we like this outside in the secondary. And then we're going to go with that. So it's not is not as much as sort of fast pace, but more of a checking and getting themselves in the back in the best play call. Uh, and what you'll see when they check the box on Saturday is you'll see them get up to the line early, 
So they're in no huddle. The defense has to line up right away, okay, because they can push it now. They're going to look at the box, okay? If Clemson has one more in the box, if they're plus one, they can just run and hand it off, okay? Now, if those numbers are even, if it's like six on six when you're just doing math, looking at the boxes, this is where DJ comes in at quarterback, and you can run your read game with him to get an extra number, okay, against the defense. If they overload and you're minus one in the box, then you'll see them throw the ball to these bigger receivers on the outside. So listeners, watch the chess match of the Clemson offense checking these plays against North Carolina's defense with their multiple packages on Saturday. All right. Yeah, definitely good to know. Yeah, I've definitely seen they they I think that was kind of the problem last year. It felt like they were just a slow prodding offense. And I don't know if that's, you know, if you contribute that to the play caller or was it they'd had to do it because DJ just wasn't ready to have a fast paced offense. I noticed this year he come in a lot more lean. He's in a lot, I would say a lot better shape, a lot, a lot quicker um, to move around with the pocket and do a lot more with this offense. So I think, you know, coming into this year, um, he came in with a lot of doubters. I know even on our, our main podcast you know, leading up to the season, we talked about we all felt he was going to be benched by the time they got to Notre Dame in November because they felt like there's a talented five-star freshman behind them. And they felt like after four or five games, he's probably going to be benched just because he's probably going to have the same. Look at the spring game. He was playing the same as he did last year. But he has proved. He, like, I think he's quicker. He's getting out of the pocket quicker. He's making better decisions quicker. How is he, have you seen the improvements in his game? What, what is he doing differently? Yeah, you heard a lot about the talk about the five-star, Cade uh, Klubnik. He's from Austin, Texas. That's Westlake High School out there. Uh, he was the number one QB in the country. So you kept hearing this a lot, you know, early in the season. When's he going to take over? When's he going to come in? They're a 6A Texas powerhouse where this kid comes from, okay? It's a quarterback factory. So Drew Brees played there. Nick Foles played there. Uh, even Sam Ellinger, the former Longhorn, who's now with the Indianapolis Colts, played there. They produce quarterbacks. So this kid is something to watch whenever he gets time. In the meantime, how DJ's improved drastically since last year, okay? He lost 30 pounds in the offseason. Uh, he says it's portion control. He's limiting his sweets. I mean, I can take some advice from him on there. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell he's certainly dropped that weight down. You know, the things I look at last year is he was wearing a knee brace, okay? And he had the thumb injury. So when you're a quarterback with his mobility and you're lugging around a knee brace, I mean, you're not going to be as fast. When you have a thumb injury and you're a quarterback who's got to throw the football, I mean, th these things are going to give you issues. So they're both behind him, and you can kind of see that early. Um, how he's improved in the run game um, is – it's twofold. He uses run reads and then design runs is how they use him in the run game. So run reads is where he's reading a backside defensive tackle or a defensive end. Okay. And he's either given the ball or he's going to run and read option off of that. And then the other part of it is either just design runs where they're running kind of a quarterback power or a counter read with him. And they're pulling players saying, Hey, you go play football. Okay. We're going to pull people and you take off and you go. So they take kind of that read aspect out of it and just let him go. Um, so they use him. This is really tough on defenses. Okay. Because you get two different schemes, a zone scheme, you get a gap scheme. Now you have read, run reads, and then you have just design runs where he's going to go. So it's it's a really different run game for the quarterback. It's very effective and tough on the defense. Um, and then what I see with him in the pass game is he's throwing this smash fade concept. Great. Okay. So, you know, I want to stay with the smash concept we keep talking about where that outside receiver, the number one, is going to run that hitch. Okay. He's going to run six yards and come back to four. And then the number two receiver usually runs that slot inside receiver is going to run that corner route from 10 to 12 yards. What they're doing with that, instead of running that corner route, 10 to 12 yards, 
they're actually putting him on a fade. Okay. So the slot receivers running this fade. And this is why you saw Lincoln Riley do it at Oklahoma, maybe about four years ago. And this yeah. really started to take off. Now, the difference between running this fade route from the inside opposed to the outside. Okay. When you run a fade route to the outside and you see 50, 50 balls all the time on TV and they're throwing this up, you can't throw it inside because there's a safety there. Okay. And that's a pick or incompletion. But on the other side, you're batting the sideline. You don't have a whole lot of space, right? You usually have about two yards out there, okay, where the sideline now, and it, it's going to be incomplete. When you run this fade concept from the slot to the inside receiver, you have a whole lot of space now to get to that sideline, okay, opposed to inside. And he throws this really well, okay? It's the same read. You're still reading the corner on smash fade. Okay, if he sits with that hitch, you now have all this space to throw that fade route. Uh, he threw two touchdowns on this concept last week. Okay, one was an overtime. So, listeners, watch for this in the red zone this week. It's a slot fade to the inside receiver, especially when they get down in the red zone. He's got excellent timing and touch with it, um, and that gives the quarterback a lot more space for him to throw in. So, it's two ways he's certainly improved, other than his conditioning and body, is the run read game and then the smash fade concept that they're running. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, you know, I, I think everybody was surprised when he was struggling last year just because he actually um, – he was very dynamic in high school. And I remember his first year where he had to step in uh, for Trevor Lawrence for a couple games. He was for like 400 yards yeah. a game, and it was just like explosive. And this I, – I don't, you know, just kind of – like you said, I think injuries, and, you know, he just had to get himself back into where he wants to be conditioning-wise. So it's good to see from – especially if you're a Clemson fan, the, the improvements made this year. Um Outside of him, you know, what players do you see making an impact in, in this game? Um, anybody that you maybe could take advantage of anything North Carolina State does, uh, what, what, do you, what do you see on the, uh, for his offensive players for Clemson? Yeah, I'm all over running back Will Shipley, okay? He's, he's 5'11", 200 pounds, but if you remember the name, you know, college football fans, he was a five-star recruit out of high school. Uh, he was the number two running back in the entire country. He's a yeah. high school state high school state champion. Uh, he didn't play his senior year due to COVID, but I mean, this guy had a lot of kind of you know hype going in. Um, now, what I love about Will Shipley, okay, the non-football stuff, okay. Number one, he's a straight A high school student, and number two, okay, he fundraised and he presented a ten thousand dollar check to a children's hospital in his hometown, okay, in the area of Charlotte. So you can kind of tell what kind of kid this is. You kind of want to root for kids like that. Uh, but now he, what he does as a football player, okay, his running back coach is C.J. Spiller, okay? So the Clemson All-American, the first-round draft pick with the NFL, with the Buffalo Bills, um, is coaching him. He's in good hands. What you'll see Will Shipley do as a running back is he is a, he is a zone runner, okay? That tight and wide zone, these one-cut runs. Um, you know, last week against Wake, the first run they were in was a tight zone. It was a 54-yard run, okay? Uh, he does exactly how coaches coach it. He's patient to and explosive through, okay? So patient to the hole and then explosive through the hole and that zone run game, okay? And then what you'll see Dabo use with uh, Shipley, in the, you know, as far as his motions is he'll use him in the backfield. He's a pass catcher. They run these swing screens with him where they quick motion him out of the backfield. They throw him the ball right away in space so he's on the run. Um, and then they run the slip screens with them. Well, DJ is going to drop back. The offensive line is going to sell pass. And then they're going to go out for a screen uh, and they're going to dump the ball down right to Shipley uh, underneath the defensive line. OK, uh, the last part I love about Will Shipley is he is tough as nails. OK, last week he had a goal line run. He's knocked down at the one. I'm like, oh, he spins from the contact, gets caught again, and then he stretches out. 
okay, over there for a touchdown. So you can see this kid's tough as nails. He's got a he's got a great fit as far as his talent level combined with their zone run scheme. So Will Shipley's a guy to watch over here for sure as an impact player for Clemson. Yeah, I really liked him in high school. I, I never um, obviously I follow recruiting, and as a Notre Dame fan, we finished second um, to Clemson for Will Shipley. So I. Uh, I definitely like seeing his career, <laughs> but yeah, he, he reminded me a lot of Christian McCaffrey um, in high school. So yeah. I, I figured he would be pretty well in this system. So it's good. I'd like to see that his progression, you know, after his freshman year uh, for me, um, who I see making an impact. I saw a little bit of it last, last week was the uh, clips of tight end Davis Allen, um, huge guy, six, six senior. Um, you know, I don't think clips uses their tight ends as much as some other groups do, but he's started to make an impact last week. You know, he had um, free, free passes, only three passes, but 36 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime. Um, and he started to make more of an impact each and every game. And I, you know, I could see him being a mismatch for some of the North Carolina State defenders out there, especially from if a linebacker is trying to cover him. So I see him, you know, potentially making an impact in this game as well. Um, all right, let's move ahead to um, North Carolina State defense. Uh, obviously, coming in this year, I think North Carolina's defense was looked at as one of the best in the country, and they have. They definitely have showed that keeping their opponents 11 points a game good enough for eighth in the country. Um, I mean, every year um, Dave Doran has his team as one of the best defenses, especially on a defensive line. They have a lot of NFL players that come out of this system as well. And a lot of these guys are three-star players that he develops over time and gets them ready to play. So um, under, under Dave Doran though, you know, what system do they run and how are they managing to be successful each and every year in this defense? Yeah, you're right, Tony. They do a great job developing talent there. Uh, you know, Tony Gibson's the defensive coordinator. This guy's a 26-year veteran, a multiple stops. So he's been in a lot of different defenses. And certainly you get to a point where you've run so many different systems, you understand exactly how you want to do yours. And that's kind of what you see with North Carolina State. Uh, they're a 4-2-5 cover three base. Okay. So 4-2-5, four down linemen, two linebackers five defensive backs and then playing cover three behind it. Okay. Where uh, a corner on one side is going to get a third of the field. A safety is going to take the middle of the field. And then the other corner is going to take a third of the field. You're going to split the field into three different levels. Okay. Uh, and then you're going to see them as far as up front, they've got three thick defensive linemen that are really tough to move. Okay. Something to watch Clemson's offensive line, trying to move these guys up front. Um, these are the foundation of the defense. Okay. Uh, they can plug the run and then they allow your linebackers, which we'll get into later, they'll run free and then be able to do some things in the secondary with some blitzing. But it's all because you're sound up front. Okay, You're not getting pushed around. Uh, you're bullying people rather than bullying you. And that's kind of what you'll see. Uh, but they're also multiple. Okay, So they ran some 3-4 against UConn last week. And then they get into this 3-3-3, okay, a three-high safety defense. So, listeners, when you we talked about 3-3 before, where it's three down linemen and three linebackers, Iowa State has run this for the last couple of years, and this is probably the most modern defense you're going to see, okay, when you're watching college football, is three down linemen, three stacked linebackers, and then three safeties right behind there, okay? So your corners on each side are going to give you your 11 defenders, but this 3-3-3 right down the middle of the field, okay? Uh, why teams are starting to go to this is because it's so difficult to recruit four defensive linemen, right, that are really good, that can stop the run, that can go after the pass, that can do both. So you're seeing them recruit more running back and linebacker type guys and then adapting with this safety, okay, and playing these three high right now. Uh, what it does with three high safeties is it forces offenses to check down, okay? When you're a play caller and you see three high safeties 
immediately your eyes go down and are like, all right, how can we attack numbers underneath because we can't get the ball maybe that deep. So automatically, you know, offensive coordinators have to be patient. Okay. They have to make them drive the football. Um, it's going to limit explosive plays. Uh, so like, when you see one high safety listeners, you can always just look off that safety and throw the other direction. You know, and when you get two high safeties, you can just throw right down the seam or look for these maybe hole shots on the outside but when you see three high deep safeties, it's really tough to do. So, uh, and they're successful at it, Tony, because, you know, they adjust these defenses based on the formations and then down in distance. So this is what happens when you have a veteran play caller as a defensive coordinator, and then you have veteran players, you can run these multiple fronts and you could match them to certain formations and then down in distance. So when you see third and long on Saturday and you're watching Clemson's offense against North Carolina state defense, watch for this three, 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 so they can force DJ to check the ball underneath or look for him to run so they can kind of contain him. So certainly something to look out for in one of the most modern defenses you'll see in college football. All right. Good breakdown there. Um, you know, obviously I think they've historically had a good defense over the last few years. And, um, but Clemson is one of those teams that always finds a way to score and kind of, I would say almost out, out talent or kind of say, obviously they have the better recruiting classes and better players as far as talent wise, um, is there a weakness on this defense that you see that talent could potentially take advantage of anything that you would be worried about as a North Carolina state fan going in? Is there anything that you think that might do a little differently than maybe they've done in years past? Yeah. I mean, like anything, okay. you got strengths and weaknesses and you'll find it with North Carolina state. You got to dig a little bit because they're very sound. Okay. But especially with these three defensive linemen, how disruptive they are in the run game. The flip side is those they're not pass rushers. Okay. So when you're thick and big like that, you're not really rushing the passer. So North Carolina state to generate pressure, they have to bring extra defenders. And then that kind of trickles down that sacrifices coverage and things like that. So um, Clemson can protect them with their offensive line. So they can protect against their defensive line with North Carolina state. If North Carolina state is not using their pressure. Okay. So Clemson can attack it is when North Carolina state has to go to their pressure packages. Okay to rush the quarterback, you're going to see Will Shipley uh, in the screen game and those swing screens. And you're going to see Dabo getting those perimeter screens to the outside to get away from them. Uh, You know, another thing is when you see field pressure, so when you see the wide side of the field and you see a safety come in or a slot corner coming off the field, a lot of times you want to throw into that, okay, coverage. And a lot of people might think opposite. You want to throw away from it. But when, listeners, when you're bringing a defender from one area to blitz, that means another defender has to cover that area. So there's a certain amount of window and a time period where there's that's where you want to strike right in between there where that other defender can come. So look for Clemson to throw right into that pressure to hit kind of these five, 10 yard stop routes before that safety can come down. So they certainly can attack it. Um, and the way you move these guys in the run game, it's a zone run mindset. OK, so they're big and they're tough to move. It's kind of the mindset of you kind of want to hit them where they're not. OK. So on tight zone, you're going to read the defensive tackle to the play side. If he goes out, you just cut back your run. If that defensive lineman comes inside, then you can bounce it outside. So you're really just doing whatever they're not doing. (laughs) You're letting them go where they want and do it. And then when you look at wide zone, you're now reading the defensive end. If the defensive end runs out to the sideline, now you're just going to cut back. Okay, there's your one cut. If that defensive end comes down inside, Now you're going to see Shipley bounce that to the outside. So I think Clemson can attack them with their zone runs. 
um, because you kind of go where they're not going to go, and you certainly have the talent to do it with Will Shipley. So look for that in their zone run game to read off of these defensive linemen and make them wrong in a sense. All right. Thank you for that. Um, what players are you looking for here uh, from the defense side? Uh, obviously, you mentioned those big defensive linemen. Um, anybody is sticking out to you that you think can really have an impact and really, um, you know, really cause havoc for that Clemson offense? Yeah, a really guy I want to see step up. And just because of how Clemson is going to use DJ in the run game, North Carolina State is going to have to match that with a linebacker who can either spy him or get in there in the box and stop him, okay? because that's how they're going to create another number on offense. You want to see a linebacker that's going to have to step up. Um, I want to see Peyton Wilson, okay, the middle linebacker. He's number 11. Uh, his brother's a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, certainly has the genes. He's an absolute tackling machine, okay? He missed last year. He had surgery, actually, on both shoulders. Uh, but going into last year, he was on the preseason Chuck Benerick Award for the nation's best defensive player. Um, he's a program leader. He's been through adversity. And, and like I said, you're going to need him to spy on DJ and be there in the box. But, um, you know, kind of root for a guy like this, too. He's been through adversity. He's a leader. And uh, you want to see him step up. So I want to see Peyton Wilson, the middle linebacker, number 11, um, against this Clemson box. No, good call out. Yeah, I think when, I, when I'm looking at this team, I think the, the player I'll keep an eye on is uh, the ever linebacker, um, Drake Thomas. R- really fiery player, I say, like the leader of this team. You know, he's um, leads the team with 24 tackles and and you know, leads them with tackles for loss. And you know, he makes always makes the plays all over the field. And you know, I think the two linebackers that you met, you know, the one you mentioned there, Peyton Willis. I think. Um, those two, I think, can really you know, hopefully shut down, if you're North Carolina State defense, shut down that DJU run game and really make him be more of a, a pocket passer and have to make those short passes. And I think that's what he struggles with a little bit. So I think if that's what you, if that's a, if, you know, that should be your strategy going into this. So I'll definitely keep an eye on both of those linebackers that we mentioned there to make an impact. Um, all right. On the other side of the ball, Clemson defense. So obviously, we mentioned this with the offense, but the Clemson defense is also being managed by a new coordinator after Brett Venables left to went to Oklahoma. Now, I, I think different than the offense, I think offense kind of still fell under Dabo Sweeney and he still made a lot of those calls where the defense, I think Brett Venables, that was his side of the ball. Like he, he owned it. So what have you seen? Have they changed and have you seen any, um, you know, where lack, you know, maybe they're not as, good or solid in that in that last he left or that maybe just a injury issue what what are you seeing there yeah i mean when brett venables you know went to be the head coach at oklahoma um you know what he did so well at clemson is he was so multiple like exotically multiple where it was so difficult for people and his talent he kind of matched his talent and he, he was certainly a magician back there he was more of a three front with multiple pressures every play okay three and then they would drop one you know they'd bring five and then they drop this guy they'd have a forefront and then they would twist I mean it was always something and really tough to prepare for um they used Isaiah Simmons remember him in that hybrid role he got drafted in the first round by the Arizona Cardinals he was a pass rusher he was a linebacker he was a safety so that's just kind of the guys that Brett Venables would use um now the DC West Goodwins, he's a Venables disciple. So similar, like you talked to Brandon Streeter staying in the program as a coordinator, they do the same thing. They promote it from within. So Dabo does this. He's given opportunities for assistance to kind of be promoted um, and then keep kind of that continuity. Um, so that's exactly what West Goodwin is. So he has a lot of these kind of same concepts as with, uh, with Venables. Uh, Tyler Venables, speaking of Venables, uh, he's a safety there. So um, 
So uh, Brett Venable's son chose to stay there and play with his teammates. He could have transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, you'll be able to see Tyler Venables run around that Clemson defense when you see that name. That is his son. But it's a similar defense to what they did. It just Goodwin has his own wrinkles on it. Two things to look for when you see this defense, listeners. 4-2-5 base with those really good, excellent, top of the country, top of the line defensive linemen. Okay, with two linebackers and five DBs as their base but they quick shift, okay, to our bare front that we introduced last week, okay? Five down linemen and one linebacker. So when you're watching this Clemson defense, watch for the four down linemen, two linebacker package, and then really quick before the snap, they're going to bring one of these linebackers down, and they're almost going to morph into this bare front, this 5-1, okay? So uh, on top of that, they also like to twist out of this bare front to make it even more <laughs> tough to, to stop. So um, they're going to generate, you know, their pass rush from their linebackers and their safety blitz, you know, from that field side. So similar to Venables did, but that 4-2-5 and that bare front is what you're going to see from this defense. Um, what I'm a little concerned with is this defense, as good as that defensive line is, they're not generating pressure for their front four. They're trying to bring five. And then last week against Wake, they couldn't pressure Wake Forest with five. And that's why you saw Hartman having a field day thrown against the secondary. It got to a point where they had five defensive linemen on five offensive linemen, and they still couldn't win Clemson's defense. So then they started running five-man TEs, ETs, and twisting to generate pressure. And they still had a little bit of a tough time. So they're going to have to make sure they can get here and get to the quarterback to disrupt North Carolina State's offense. Um, but look for them, listeners, to twist out of both these fronts, the four-man and the five-man to generate pressure. That's going to be the key to take this pressure off the secondary for Clemson's defense. All right. Um, you mentioned a little bit about the D-line. You know, obviously, I think that's been the, the kind of hallmark of um, this Clemson defense over the years because that the first thing I think of is the dominant defensive lineman and how many they sent to the NFL they're playing today. Um, how would you rate this current defensive lineman? Is it as talented as those years past? When healthy it is, it certainly is. So yeah, in those years past, I mean, it, it's 2019 NFL draft, right? It seems like yeah. yesterday they had Clayton right. Clayton Farrell, Farrell went uh, to the Raiders fourth overall in the first round. Uh, they had big Dexter Lawrence there in the middle. He was in the first round to New York Giants. And then they had Christian Wilkins, who was just tossing around Josh Allen on Sunday. So for the first round pick for the Miami Dolphins, all these guys were on the same D line to kind of see what you're talking about with these NFL names. Um, now they're deep on the defensive line. Okay. The thing that I think is a little bit of a misconception is they think D line, they think all these pass rushers, it's defensive tackles over defensive ends. Okay. That's where they're excellent at. Their defensive ends are solid. Their defensive tackles are deep and they are excellent. Okay. So four and five man fronts, we talked about those twists that they're going to bro. So they're going to go off of, but uh, the defensive tackles, it's going to be, you know, Brian Brzee and Tyler Davis. Okay. And these dominant run stuffers, they're disruptive. And then when these guys come out, I mean, they're too deep behind them with four and five stars. So the interior of Clemson's D-line, it's very difficult to run against because of that. My question is, as dominant as that defensive line, the challenge is the pass rush. How can you pass? How can you rush the passer up front without sacrificing coverage on the back end? Um, that's going to be the challenge for this loaded defensive line to kind of be that next level that everyone thinks they can be. All right. Um, you know, I think the um, the big I think big question for me is Clemson was missing some really key players in their back end last last week, especially safety Andrew Mukaya, uh, corner Sharon Jones and Malcolm Green, but also uh, Xavier Thomas on a defensive end is still out. Um, do you think that contributes to the high performing affair they had with Wake? 
And if they miss this game, um, what do you think that impact will be? Did the players behind them bring enough talent or experience, um, you know, to kind of live up to the the reputation that that defense has? Yeah, th- both of those are great questions. And I'll, the first part I'll take, Tony, is that last week, I think that's what everyone's talking about this week. The secondary, the corners, they weren't healthy. That's what they got thrown on. Hey, these guys might be back and they might be back. But I'll tell you right now, if they can't, if they can't rush the passer with that defensive line and they can't do it with five and they've got to start twisting and doing it, it can be a long day for that defense on, on Clemson. I don't care who's covering on the back end. So the issue that I saw is them getting that pressure up front. So I'm sure they're looking at on video and they're finding ways to attack the North Carolina state offensive line. But when I look at the secondary, regardless if they're there or if not, who's healthy right now, we're kind of find that out during the week. Uh, what they can do to make it easier is two things. Okay pre-snap movement in the secondary okay so you want to move these guys around right before the snap you know you can still play cover three and that's what you want to do the second part of that is play the same coverage but just make it look very confusing to the offense so rotate safeties press your corners drop your corners but at the end of the day play the same coverage so these guys on defense who were young they can keep getting the same reps and the same experience and the same learning and get better and better at a certain coverage but you're not talented enough just to line up these guys and just play without any movement and say, hey, play coverage guys and do it because they'll get beat because they're inexperienced. So um, I think the way they can certainly help this secondary is the pre-snap movement and try to confuse and then let them play the same coverage or just a small menu of coverages so they can get better at and without putting too much on their plate. Okay. Uh, it is going to come down to the pressure offense and the you know, pressure in that offense with that bare front. Um, so you get Leary, the quarterback for North Carolina state to kind of get quick game and check the ball down. But uh, again, like I said, ways to get this secondary adjusted, move your secondary pre-snap and then stay with similar base coverages. Okay. To help them out. All right, and we've wrapped up the defense side here with what um, what players are you really watching to, to make an impact um, that could really, if Clemson were to win this game, it's because of this player on the defense. Which which one are you looking at? Man, I, you know, Brian Brzee, number 11. That, that's the guy you got to watch and for more reasons than one, okay? 6'5", 315, sociology major. He was a two-time high school state champion, okay? He was a high school All-American, five-star recruit. He was the number one recruit in the entire country as a defensive tackle. Okay. So you hear quarterbacks are the number one, you know, player. It's the running backs, number one in the country. He was a number one recruit in the country and he played defensive tackle. That's how good he was. That's how good he is. And he's going to be. Okay. I look at the adversity in his life. Okay. He tore his ACL last September. It's been a certain wake up call and come back for him to come back and be healthy. So just about a year removed from that torn ACL. Bless his heart, he just lost his 15-year-old sister to brain cancer. And I know we saw that on coverage, you know, over the last week. She's been a big part of that program. I don't care what team you follow. I don't care who you root for. You root for people like this. This is way bigger than football. And you can just see that Clemson program come unite and be together uh, with someone like him. He is a monster in the run game when you look at the football side, okay? He can twist to create that pressure because he's that good of an athlete to do it. Sometimes you get these big, thick guys in the interior and you see coaches try to twist and move them and they can never get there, right? Because they they don't have that athleticism. He has both. He has that strength and he has that speed. Um, You want to see him keep developing as a pass rusher, but uh, I'm looking for number 11 at home in Death Valley on the interior for Clemson for more ways than none on Saturdays. Definitely root for this kid. No, definitely. Definitely. um, Good story. You definitely like you said, somebody that definitely want to root for. I, I remember following him in high school and was definitely a dynamic player. So 
Uh, I hope hope he continues to do well. Um, the the one I'm looking at is uh, a de- defensive tackle. I'm um, Tyler Davis. So uh, he just popped. You know, he missed the first couple games of the season because of injury, but he really popped off the uh, video for me when I watched the game last last week. He really was impactful. He was clutch versus Wake. Um, yeah, had tackles for loss, sacks on Wake's last drive in regulation, and a tackle for loss at a pass breakup in their last drive in overtime. It really impacted that game. Was part of the reason they won that game. So I, I think you know he's part of that um, that defense that's going to really make things hard for uh, Devin Leary and that and that offense. So I'm definitely somebody I'm going to keep an eye on for this upcoming game as well. Um, all right, let's wrap this up with the um, North Carolina State offense. So. You know, I haven't watched a lot of the North Carolina State um, on the offensive side of the ball this year, but in years past, they've been a really run-heavy team um, and not a lot of talent at the quarterback position. But obviously, Devin Leary really played well last year, and coming in this year had a lot of a lot of hype around him coming in. You know, and, and I think well, between him and, and the system they're running, they're they're doing pretty well, scoring the ball thirty-six points a game. Um, you know, which is a lot more than we've done in, in years past. So, what system are they running? How are they being more successful this year? Yeah, Tim Beck's the offensive coordinator. So he's a former offensive coordinator for the Texas Longhorns, you know, under Tom Herman, uh, under Ohio State before that with Urban Meyer. Um, certainly been around some some good offenses. Uh, the formations you'll see them, they're going to be in really 10, 11 personnel and some empty formations. So one running back and no tight ends with 10 personnel uh, with 11 personnel package one running back, one tight end. And then you'll see some empty formations where they're just going to motion that running back in and out. Um, so nothing too dramatic, but it, it's certainly a way they, they play and, and they're comfortable with it. In the run game, they're tight and wide zone or that's their bread and butter, okay, inside and out. Uh, they're going to run some counter and some gap scheme where they're going to start pulling guys here and there. It's not something they major in. It's more um, a play menu against a certain look that they like. So they'll go to that gap run, um, but they're, they're tight and wide zone is what they're going to do. Uh, their po- past concept, you know, that, that I love and you see them doing under Leary's kind of what we call the out concept. Uh, so when you look at an out concept uh, on, you know, on the offensive side, um, you'll see the number one receiver. He's going to run a go route. So the outside receiver is going to run a go or a fade. And then the inside receiver, which is the number two receiver, he's going to run that out route. Uh, it could be a two yard speed out. It could be a five yard out. You can coach it so many different ways. At the end of the day, he's running an out to the sideline. OK, the read, it's a high low read. You're still reading that corner like we've been talking about smash. OK, if he drops, you throw the ball to the out. If that corner sits. Now you go through for that fade on the outside to the number one receiver, okay? The reason I really like this with North Carolina State's offense with Tim Beck is they drop back to it and they sprint out to it, okay? So if you're a defense and you just sprint out to a certain route, every time you sprint out, it's like, hey, here comes that pass again. We know how to cover this. North Carolina State makes it difficult because they drop back in the passing game to throw this out concept, and then they sprint out to it to throw the out concept. So look for that, the number one receiver on the fade, and then number two receiver running that out. It's difficult on defenses because you can't pick up a tendency because there's different ways where they can attack you. Um, they run RPO, excellent their RPO game with Leary, okay, Devin Leary at quarterback. He's not a dual threat, so you're not going to see him moving around, scrambling with mobility, but that's what great coaching is, is you understand fitting him inside your scheme, okay, not making him do something he's not comfortable with. He's going to read a linebacker to throw the, the slant behind it, He's also going to read a safety to throw a post right behind it, okay? So they're going to fake inside zone. They're going to run it, okay, depending on that read. 
and then they're going to throw the slant or that post and read a second and third level defender. They're very good at it. They work a lot on it. You can tell it's something that, that, that certainly fits him well. Um, and then when you look at their play action pass, and this is something I think Clemson has got to be looking at on video this week, okay? The majority of North Carolina State's offense, when they're running a play action pass, they pull an offensive lineman. OK, so that alerts me because we just talked that they're an inside and outside side zone run team. They only run these gap runs here or there. If you're an offense and every time you pull a guy and you're running play action, but you don't do it as much in the run game, it's kind of alerts the defense like, OK, maybe we're not going to bite on this run. OK, so I know Clemson's looking at this and saying, hey, anytime North Carolina State starts pulling guys, it might be a play action pass. Let's not come up as tight. So certainly a tendency you look that's going to help the linebackers and safeties on Clemson's side. Uh, and if you're in North Carolina State, you want to make sure your play action is going off of your best runs. It kind of everything lines up. But it's a good system. It's sound. It really fits the quarterback. Uh, they've got veterans around there. So um, it, it'll be difficult uh, for Clemson when down the stretch facing them. Yeah, um, you know, looking at this team, I mean, obviously Wake Forest scored a lot of points against the the, the Clips of defense last week. Do you think this North Carolina State offense um, is explosive enough to score enough points to, to beat Clemson in your mind, just kind of watching them for the first few games of the season? I do. Uh, I, I do. I mean, just because all around, because they can throw against Clemson, against the secondary, whoever's in there or not on there, um, because they're big, they're physical at receiver, and then Devin Leary has the arm to do it. Um, but what they use is this motion orbit, I call it, okay? So listeners, stay with me when I say this orbit, okay? Orbit motion, okay? It's typically a slot receiver, okay? He's going to go behind the backfield, okay, and end up on the other side of the formation before the snap, okay? This is just another form of motion. It's called orbit, okay? So when coaches install it, the wide receiver is going to go about halfway to the box where the tackle is. He's going to go about half speed. And then when he hits to the offensive tackle, he's going to sprint right behind the quarterback and end up on the other side. OK, what this does is it freezes linebackers. OK, because that guy can be going back to the quarterback. He can go on the other side. Um, it's a high percentage throw for your quarterback now, because if you use that guy to the other side of the field, he's right there. It's an easy outlet for him to throw. Um, but I think they, they can score enough to beat Clemson because they run this orbit motion kind of with a circle of plays. OK. Difficult for the defense, easy for the offense. So this concept of plays is when they orbit this motion, okay? Remember, the slot receiver is going to start inside and he's going to end up behind the quarterback on the other side of the formation. They'll run a zone read. Well, they'll read the running back, and then they'll just swing this to the orbit motion. They're going to run a swing screen, okay, where they run this guy behind the quarterback before the snap, and then they just throw him a quick screen out there, and they let him run in space. They fake that screen to him and they go deep. I mean, they've got numerous options, all of this orbit motion. So this is something you want to look for because they can run a run play, a pass play, a screen play, and a double move all off of the same motion for North Carolina State's offense. So they can certainly score enough uh, to beat Clemson on there because of their veteran offensive line, the motion before the snap, and the quarterback play. All right. Um, wrap this section up here. What – um. Yeah, what what are the impact player or players that you that you see um, really be able to take over this game for the North Carolina State offense and take advantage of maybe something Clemson does? 
Yeah, Devin Leary, you know, we talk about the quarterback, okay? He's a captain, uh, New Jersey high school football. He had the state record for passing yards and touchdowns. That's some good football up there, okay? So state player of the year in 2016 and 2017 in high school. Uh, last year, North Carolina State, I mean, this guy had 35 touchdowns and five interceptions. So he's on the Davey O'Brien Award, all these preseason lists. Uh, last week against the UConn Huskies, uh, first play was a 75-yard touchdown, okay? He's got great arm, but he's limited with his mobility, which is okay as long as you kind of fit that into your system and what you do. Uh, what's impressive to me as an impact player is he's, he's excellent on his progressions. You see him go one to two and then check the ball down, where you see a lot of other quarterbacks kind of one read, and then they kind of take off and bail and not let the concept of the play develop. He's really good at understanding the concept, letting it go. Um, he has good ball placement on his slant routes, getting into these tight windows, which we call in between linebackers. Um, and then he understands his strengths and weaknesses. Okay. You don't see him scramble recklessly going away. He throws the ball away when he needs to. So certainly an impact player. And, you know, and the other guy, I'm going right to the big hogs up front. Okay. I'm looking at number 50, Grant Gibson. Okay. The offensive lineman, he's the center. Okay. This is a guy, listeners, you got to watch. Okay. Because of Clemson's front on the defense, the amount of pressures they make, Grant Gibson is going to be making these calls, okay, to slide their pass protection and get themselves in the right fit there. Remington Trophy and Outlet Trophy list this year, okay, as far as a watch list for the top center, uh, preseason All-American, uh, but he's got experience, okay, over 35 starts in a row at center, uh, but he's going to be the key on Saturday up front, okay, from getting the ball to Leary and then making their calls against this exotic Clemson defense and what they do. So Grant Gibson, number 50, the center is the other guy I want to watch. All right. Um, and I'll wrap this up with mine. Um, I love the running back, Demi Sumo, um, really a multifaceted running back, catches it out of out the backfield. I think so far this year, he has 250 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. So could do a little bit of everything, kind of your all-purpose back there. So someone that could hurt him, you know, can find a mismatch out there in the field, uh, play against a linebacker or a corner that can't cover him, and, you know, he could take advantage of that in the open field. So I definitely want to see what he could do against this defense. And so looking forward to that as well. All right. Um, before we get into predictions for the game, I think, it, you know, we, we should mention that there, there's a potential um, weather situation happening there in, in the Carolinas as Hurricane Ian is, is hitting um, Florida any, you know, this week, but then also hitting the Carolinas by this weekend. Um, as a Notre Dame fan, I remember the North Carolina State Notre Dame in the hurricane game um, where we probably combined for five yards passing in that game and barely ran the ball well because it was just so slippery and so crazy in the rain. I don't even know if that game should have been played, but I'm just thinking, you know, what kind of impact could that have on this game? You know, first I want to ask as a, as a coach, how do you prepare your team to play in that kind of weather? And then, you know, which, which, um, which team is set up better to win in this kind of game if it is in, in the rain and, and a heavy downpour? Yeah, I mean, both both teams have good run games. So this favors North Carolina State uh, because their offensive line is better. OK, they've got two really good running backs to do it. Um, but again, Clemson can counter using their extra running back as their quarterback with DJ. So um, but the offensive line is better for North Carolina State. And this always favors the offensive lines when you come to this weather. Um, but, you know, when you're preparing for as a coach and you know there's any chance of weather coming, especially you're talking, you know, any kind of hurricanes or storms and things like that. Um, you got to practice outside to prepare. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care when people want to go in their fancy indoors and stuff like that. You have to get out there in this weather. You have to prepare for it, okay? There's no indoors this week, okay? So, you know, coaches do a ton of things, okay? Even if it's, say, it's not raining this week, but they're going to get a bad storm on Saturday, you know, 
we would fill up, you know, buckets of water and we would bring them up out in the field and then we would dip the footballs in them. Okay. So right before the play, we take a ball right out of that soaked in a bucket of water and we'd hand it to the center. Okay. You got to snap this. Okay. So that's kind of ways that you'll see offenses, especially, you know, kind of get used to playing with wet football in these conditions. Um, and then what they're preaching as far as ball security, huge emphasis more than ever. Okay. The offense had to cover it up not just in individual drills with their skill players who touch the football, but recovering fumbles. You'll see guys talk this week about offensive linemen jumping on fumbles, how to recover them. Um, and they'll talk about that. And then defense, as far as taking it away. Okay. Defenses are always a little bit more pumped up because they know there's a better shot. That ball is going to come out. Okay. So wrapping that tackler and then that second defender coming in, punching it out. These are all emphasis, uh, the big one you'll see is the snaps on special teams. Okay. When you get into these kind of weather, okay. You've got long snappers for the punt. Uh, you've got field goal units. You have point after attempts. Okay. The snap in this thing, you're going to see these guys especially have to work with a wet football this week to kind of prepare themselves for it. So tons of different things a coaches will do. You can never truly prepare for it until it gets there, but yeah. um, you want to make sure you're thinking of everything you can. Okay. And preparing for something like this, that's coming. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, I guess the big question is, you know, what do we think is going to happen in this game? Me personally, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a Clemson win, um, but I think it's going to be close. And if those, if they're, if those players um, are going to be out again on a defense, I think this could come down to last possession type of play by either team here. Uh, but I think those players will, will play and play, you know, play decent and, Give North Carolina a chance to win this by probably a one one score game, in my opinion. What what, what do you think is going to happen here, Doug? Yeah. So if you're looking digging in this video, okay, you watch both teams and you're just looking at the football. You're not looking at the color of the jerseys, where they're going to play, how many national championships, who's coaching. You're just looking at the talent on the video. North Carolina State Wolfpack, they match up very well because they have the talent combined with the schemes that they're coached on to win this game. I mean, there's no doubt about that when you watch the video, okay? They beat them last year. We talk, You talked earlier, 27-21, even North Carolina State was at home. They're kind of over that hump where you don't have to say like, oh, it's Clemson. Can we knock them off, okay? So those things are going to North Carolina State's favor because um, they've got the talent combined with their schemes to do it when you look at the video. But 36 in a row, Clemson's home. It's Death Valley, Okay. And then you look at when you see teams who are offense and defense playing this chess match, and there's a lot of similarities, special teams, okay? And this is where Clemson has the edge, okay? They blocked three kicks this year, okay? That's tied for leading the entire nation, okay? It's not going to get talked a lot because it's special teams, but this is something you want to look at. BT Potter's their kicker. He's got one of the strongest legs in the entire country, okay? He's got eight 50-yard field goals. From 50 or, or farther, he's had eight of them, okay, uh, in his career. Now, uh, their placeholders, Drew Sweeney, okay, you're going to say Sweeney, at name is that? Yep, that's Dabo's son, okay? Now, his brother was also the placeholder there for the last five years, but when you look at this game, it can come down to special teams on either side. Clemson is sharp um, right around there, also having that home field advantage, but, you know, who's more polished in all phases of these units? Not offense, not defense, but special teams as well. It's going to be revealed at Death Valley on Saturday. I'm pumped up. Game day is going to be there. You've got the streak. North Carolina State's playing really good football, so uh, it's going to be a great one to watch. That's for sure, and yeah, definitely looking forward to this one. It should be a good, good game, and yeah, I just hope it is a good game. I hope it's not a blowout one or the other. I hope both teams come out and play their best football. And hopefully there's not a big hurricane rainstorm for this. Um, but something to keep an eye on. I'm noticing I just got some alerts that some some games are being moved to Sunday. 
um, or other days. So keep an eye on this. If this game gets moved, you know, I don't know if that would have an effect on the game at all, but you know, just something that, you know, keep an eye on as well as the week goes on. All right. Um, with that being said, you know, make sure you check out some of our other content, our made podcast without, um, earlier um this week so check that out um you know keep checking out all these coaches corner podcasts check us out on twitter in the flat pod check out our website in the flat podcast.com and continue to follow us here again if there's any games you want us to follow feel free to shoot us a note and we'll definitely um you know consider that for upcoming podcast all right guys um, until next week we'll talk to you then bye